Hi, it's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You, the listening audience, will have the opportunity through episodes in this podcast to learn, dissect, and grapple with some of the issues involving those of us separated from our biological family. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? At the time of this recording, I am a part of co-facilitating the Adoptive Voices Writers Group, now in week three. I was honored when asked by its creator, Sarah Easterly, to join her and two other facilitators for an eight-week meeting via Zoom on Wednesdays exclusively for adoptees. The group writes and then shares their adoption experience or whatever they wish to creatively express during our time together. I have deep appreciation to Sarah in having a conversation with me at this time. She and I met via social media last year. Sarah wholeheartedly engaged with me on posts or chats within an adoption community group. We purchased each other's book and read them. I didn't want her memoir to end. It was that good. She took me on a journey I won't soon forget about her adoption story and her beautiful evolution as an adoptee in reunion. In this episode, you will come to know Sarah as someone I find most empathetic and encouraging, especially within many adoptee circles. She will share how she came to create the Adoptive Voices writing group and her experience as an adoptee writing her memoir entitled Searching for Mom. In creating an audio drama for Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, scripted scenes first start with an adoptee writing what they consider to be the most important parts of their story. The foundation of storytelling in this way begins with pen to pad, with much emotion, vulnerability, and transparency. It's the next logical step for me to feature adoptees who have written, published, and or share their stories publicly during episodes of this podcast. Allow me to introduce you to Sarah Easterly. Sarah, I'm so glad to have this time and, and have a conversation with you. And I I know that Adoptive Voices, which you created and and asked me to co-facilitate with you and Ridge, Ridge Haas and Alice Stevens. Uh, it has been such an honor. And we're coming into our third week and we have such a great group. And so I wanted you just to talk a little bit about your vision and how you came to create Adoptive Voices. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you for doing it with me. <laughs> it's not, a, I, you know, on the one hand, it's not an original idea. So, um, I mean, I have been doing, participating in all kinds of different writing groups over the years that I've been a writer. And I would say that's been 20 years that I've been a part of writing groups um, in all different forms. And sometimes where you you go and write independently and then you bring your work, set, you know, ready to read and share and just, just get feedback. 
when I was working on a novel at one point, I found that that wasn't as useful. So I had done kind of with a few of my writing friends, we would get together at coffee shops and we would just write across from each other and not share what we had written, but just purely write. And that was really wonderful at that time because it's just kind of that energy that you you feed off of each other knowing, okay, I can't just go surf the internet right now. <laughs> I've got to be accountable and there's because there's someone right here writing too and we're writing together. So I've done that successfully for years. And then I've done other, you know, other things where we just exchange whole manuscripts, which of course I did with my memoir with some of my key kind of critique people that gave me feedback. But um, all that to say, when the pandemic started, I joined another writing group that social justice-oriented, faith-based uh, writing group that Lisa Sharon Harper had started. She started it at the start of the pandemic, and it was meant to be a year, and it was just basically, it's a four-hour group, so writing together for three hours and then coming together for the last hour. And of course, I started this on the other side of having published my memoir, and I kind of use that time for myself. It's very sacred time where it's always kind of a priority for me, and I'm always writing that time. And since the fall, I just kept thinking, gosh, I really would like to do something like this for adoptees and keep it really adoptee focused. I'm the only adoptee in that particular group and that's okay. But I just kept thinking, I think adoptees would really like this. So it was in the back of my head. And I also kind of knew I wanted other authors who had other experiences and other adoptees who had other adoption experiences to join me. And so, of course, I've read your memoir, Jennifer, and you came to mind and I've worked with Ridge House a lot and he came to mind and then when I heard Alice Stevens and I actually had you guys in mind for a long time and I kind of felt like I we needed you know before I even I think I had sent you a little note at some point when I saw you hey <laughs> I've been wanting to talk to you and then shortly after that I heard Alice Stevens speaking on the Adoptees On podcast and so it was just kind of a combination of I kind of texted all of you or reached out to all of you at different times. And then when you all said yes, it just kind of naturally felt like, okay, maybe this is the time to <laughs> let's do it and formulate some more formal things, get them out of my head and get talking and, and pull it together. Yes. I, I remember how we connected and it was through social media. And I remember, yeah, you, you're just so engaging. I like just really want to, tell you that. You're so engaging with everyone, uh, I think, that I see in the adoption community on social media. And I remember you reaching out to me in some kind of way. We just really clicked. And I got your book, Searching for Mom, and I read it. Like, I didn't want it to end. I love your writing style because, you know, writers have different styles. And it's, it's the style as well as the content that, that just blows me away with your book. And then you, you read mine, which I, I was deeply appreciative of. And so I think that what we both bring to the Adoptee Voices Writers Group is that, that I guess, foundation of having spent time writing and then publishing. A lot of times people who want to write their stories, they just need to see us 
you know, be able to engage with us and know it's so possible. Like I always tell people, if I did it, you absolutely can do it. You know, like it's not too big, yeah. you know. I just fully agree. I love how you worded that um, because I feel the same way. Like <laughs> if if I did it, anyone can do it. And yeah. In our group. And it feels so good. Nice. <laughs> our group is so amazing. It's 30 people now, right? Yes. Yeah. We're at 30 people. And every single one of them, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's been so breathtaking, hasn't it? I mean, it has. And they gosh, seem so I'm... comfortable in the space every Wednesday uh, to hear from us and to share, like be very vulnerable and transparent. Like you have to feel like you're in a safe space to be able to do that. And and so I'm glad that yeah. they feel that way because that I know that was your vision. It certainly is is mine. So that's been really good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really important to me. I mean, I have seen, I've been kind of watching quietly, like some of the adoptee groups that can tend to get heated or blow up, you know, after a while. And um, that was just, that's a big concern that I had from the beginning is I don't want that, especially when we're sharing our most vulnerable selves. You know, are we, you know, it, it needs to be safe. So there's no bullying or any anything like that. And it's um, no venom coming out. But I think because we're all, everybody is sharing vulnerably that that's not happening because it puts us all at that level of we're bringing authentic parts of ourselves through our words. I don't know. It's been magical. It's been really magical just how respectful everyone's been of each other and and the 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 kind reactions and you know the a lot of it's me too <laughs> reactions yeah. for a lot of the people in the group they've mentioned it's their first time being in groups with other adoptees and so they're feeling this like amazement that wow, I'm normal. <laughs> yeah, and, like that really surprised me how many people this was their first time being in a group with adoptees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I see. But then again, it didn't because I actually, I was not in any groups with adoptees when I was writing my memoir. It was kind of after I got through it that I realized I needed to find my adoption space and my adoptee, you know, community, which has been such a wonderful kind of unanticipated effect of writing the book but oh I didn't know that you know I didn't know that okay yeah yeah so I wrote it in a silo and so I know what that's like (laughs) so it's and it's hard you know because you do kind of it's hard not to wonder if we're crazy you know when you don't have other people to reflect back to you that no me too that's that's kind of a normal adoptee thing it's okay (laughs) right (laughs) yeah like see for me I don't even know if I could have finished my book had I not been connected to the adoption community, like, you know, for several years, actually. And I, yeah, that that was news. I didn't know you weren't connected prior to it. So hats off to you for getting that done without being connected to us. (laughs) Yeah, that seems hard. The one right way, but that's uh, <laughs> that's great. You have the support then in the community and the <laughs> right. I did. Mm-hmm. I had so much support, and I was meeting other authors who had done their memoirs, and that was so encouraging. You know, it was like, oh yeah, I can do it. Like I don't even know if I would have thought I could do it without the community. You know, yeah. but well, that's good. 
hopefully what we're giving to the people who signed up, I hope that they're getting that from this. So. Exactly. And I think the energy you bring, that that it's just going to get better and better because you do have a way of just making people feel so comfortable. And, and that's really the key, I think, for people to be able to write and then share. Um, they'll feel like, like they don't have to, I guess, be perfect or have to, you know, they don't have to have the expectations from any of us to be anything other than themselves and, and how they're feeling yeah. and what they want to say. I love how you said that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, as an adoptee, have your own journey, and you were so transparent. I felt you in your book. I said, wow. I, I remember thinking, and I don't really do comparisons, but I remember thinking, I wish I had been more transparent. Most people tell me, you really were vulnerable in your book. But when I read yours, I thought, wow, I wish I had been more vulnerable because I think that's the the space where you really can heal. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, or, or whatever you want to say about your adoptee journey and the book you wrote. Well, thank you. Um, that was really nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, it kind of gives me a little vulnerability hangover that Brene Brown does. <laughs> yeah, Brene Brown, uh, yes. You I was pretty vulnerable, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, it is pretty vulnerable, yeah. <laughs> Daring greatly. I'm reading that right now. I'm just about finished. And oh. yeah, I she yeah. was my, she was my virtual mentor for the month of March. Like I just pulled up her YouTube oh. and all this stuff and and that got me through the whole doing the podcast thing because I really feel naked doing the podcast, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it is a naked process, and I guess just I will say that I had to forget about all of that. I mean, you can't think about that when you're writing, and I couldn't. I had to put it all aside. I did feel driven. I will say. I'm so glad that I have gone through that as a writer. I I have previously, and I this will kind of be funny, but when I was in the fog, I would I felt like my writing when I was writing novels. It felt like there was always I would often have people say you need to get to the emotion and you need to get to the you know it was like I couldn't tap into that vulnerable emotion in fiction, and I was struggling with it, and I was kind of saying, oh, I wish I had more material to mine. I wish my life had been harder. And I, you know, I was just in this fog and my life, you know, I mean, I definitely, it was all there. I had a lot of pain and anguish that just comes because um, of relinquishment. And I also had an adoption that was, that was a, it was, I guess, a good adoption too. But there were also a lot of things that, that weren't good. Parents who, adopted me in the baby scoop era and weren't given good information and there weren't any other adoptees out there sharing their stories to help inform them. It was just a different time. And so a lot of the things that were done were kind of deepening my relinquishment wounds and the separation and not good from an attachment perspective. And so I did have all of that brewing. I just didn't realize it until I started writing my own memoir. I wasn't able to just access it and tap into it until I was able to come out of the fog basically. So I'm 
it's good. I mean, I guess we all have suffering <laughs> to tap into as a writer. You know, now I say it as it, you know, all for literary purposes. But when I was writing it, I wasn't really thinking of that film. I mean, I guess I kind of was like, okay. I mean, I was writing it as an immersion memoir, partly. What I understood to be an immersion memoir, I don't think I, it actually, it's not an immersion memoir, but I, at the time I heard that phrase and thought, oh, I'll write it while I'm going through it. And, you know, a few times I was like, oh, this is so exciting. It's juicy, some content (laughs) for this story. It's compartmentalizing that (laughs) I'm not really experiencing this myself. It's just me experiencing it as a writer. (laughs) It's going to make better. There was a lot of compartmentalizing going on then. So I was excited to have a good story. And some of it was really just what I needed to do to bring some, recognize that there really was some feelings that I had been kind of flattened affect for a long time. And which was why I could say things like, I have no problems. (laughs) Nothing that's happened. (laughs) Right. Yeah. How long did it take you to finish writing your book? Oh, well, this is the answer. I it took a, it probably took me four years, and I don't like saying that answer because this is where I can hear in the little critic on my shoulder saying that, "Oh, if you're a writer, you have to crank out a book a year." Yeah, <laughs> and I've heard so, that too. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm a slower writer for to begin with, and I am someone who always has a lot of things going on, a lot of, a lot of you know, I just like having my hand and lots of activities and thoughts and then a parent. And then the reality is writing a memoir, um, searching for a mom and then thinking that was originally the main part of the story, but then realizing it was about more than that. It was about, you know, forgiving my adoptive mom as she was dying and the hard time we went through after, you know, through my search and after and, and also, as my own mothering became kind of front and center, and the places that was sending me, A, coming out of the fog, and B, going into this really perfectionistic overdrive of not feeling good enough, and, you know, not just it brought up everything, <laughs> all those things all at once surfacing. It was hard to write that all down and then to make sense of it, too. You know, I really was writing it as I was grieving and understanding. Um, I really just kind of wrote my way out of the fog and through my mother's death and trying to make sense of the paths that I had taken. And and yeah, it was a lot. So it did take a while. And I would say it probably was, let's see, it probably was about four years, just the writing and the revising and the organizing and working with the editor and all of that. So it probably was four, four years or so. It took yeah. about it, yeah. yeah. It took about five years for yep. me, and and I hope to share that with the uh, writers group. That yeah, just take it may take time because I like you. I had heard you know some writers you know, they pump books out like no big deal, and yet I think five years makes sense when I look back just to be able to chew on things and process things and put them down so that the reader really understood where I was at and what was going on. I I just, and this was my first book, so I clearly, this was all new to me. But I I don't think there's anything wrong with it taking two, three, four, five years or even more. I've heard writers say it's taken maybe 10 years to write a book. Um, So I just, have you heard that? It's a 
Yeah, I have two. And so, yeah, I probably, I want to go back to what I started with. I mean, I am so hard on myself and I would never say that to another writer. Like I would right. never take the time you need, especially with a memoir. It's a different beast yeah. <laughs> where you're starting the story and stopping it and what the time period is and the plot line. It's a life and <laughs> make sense of it all and be willing to look at it all and lift up all the corners. The other thing that I have learned with regard to memoir that I had been told, and I think this impacts the timeline too, you have to look at your own shadow, right? You have, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you can't, you know, it's not realistic. None. Of, we're all, you know, and I, I put it back in novel terms, you know, all characters have a flaw. <laughs> yeah. You know, your protagonist has a dark side or they have their shortcomings and you have to be willing to show that on the page for a memoir to be realistic and strong and to be able to look at that takes time too because it's hard to it's hard to go there it's hard to be honest I do have those perfectionistic tendencies and to <laughs> expose the places I've not been perfect that took time for me yeah. <laughs> to, to be to admit it to myself let alone print it onto paper <laughs> right yeah and I know for <laughs> me book. when I was writing it was a healing process that was going on as well like right alongside writing and yeah yeah thinking of actually sharing this with the public when you're healing you do have to take time out to to kind of get better you're like you realize okay I'm getting better and you might need to stay in and and rest a while that kind of thing because you know you're you're not a hundred percent and I yeah. just I remember that like I'm I'm healing through this I'm experiencing healing even in our weekly writers group, as I listen to other adoptees share, I can feel there's a healing going on with me as they share their words as adoptees. Mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps when you said that, because I think that's that's very true for me, too. It's a real, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm literally like I'm feeling tingly. I just, I, it's so moving emotionally yeah. to just hear that sharing through the words and hear hear the, I guess, yeah, that, that normalness, that there's just something that is really affirming to each one of us every time we gift each other with the sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I do want to, I want to mention Ridge Haas's six-word adoptee memoir, which is so beautifully done. And I think about that a lot. I think about the six words. What are they right now? because uh, it can change. And I think that's a real good process for adoptees to, to do that, that he created something really special there. And Alice yeah. Stevens, her book, Famous Adopted People, I'm still um, waiting to get that. I should have it in a couple of days because I, I want to read her novel. And so I think you have just created something so very special. And and where do you see this adoptee group, um, adoptee voices writing group going in the future? I I mean, we're only two in, but I do feel an excitement hearing from others who wanted to sign up. And so I feel like we we can offer more of these eight-week sessions. I would like to. I would love to keep doing it with the the three of you. We've been brainstorming on that idea of doing something to publish, pulling together an anthology and or another publishing venue when there aren't 
that's what we're prepping for for yeah. our sharing this week is just talking about the publishing side and the different avenues to publish our work. And it is still an uphill battle and there aren't that many. So I would love to see us being another place where we can help adoptees with getting their work out and helping promote it. So I like that. I guess I'm open to seeing where it goes, but I don't want it to end after eight weeks. I feel like I'm already facing the separation that, okay, that's, I, you know, last week I was like, oh no, we only have six more sessions, six right. more meetings left. Yeah, I know. I know. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that people like it enough that they'll sign up for the next session and that we'll have some repeats. And I also would be happy. I, I mean, I think that would make me happy. And I also would be happy if some decide we're going to carry on with this group on our own. Like that would make me happy too. And then we get the next group started and, and growing. So I'm still a little bit like, I feel like it's a little too soon to say, but I'm open to wherever it's, it needs to evolve and go. And I, in the meantime, just loving what we, what we're doing. Well, I thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. I, I am able to learn so much. I know for me, it's a lifelong journey of healing. Like, I, I just don't see arriving at some healing. Like, I just see it's just a continual thing. And this is definitely a big part of my healing here in 2021. And for us to be able to get on there on the Zoom every Wednesday, I look forward to it. I've heard uh, the other writers say they look forward to it. So it's just a really great thing. And so is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share? Yeah, or leave the, the adoptee community with? Is there anything special you want I to think just, I will just say, as you're, you're saying to Jennifer, I agree with you that it's a lifetime of healing and I don't feel like I've arrived. And I do feel like being on the other side of writing and publishing my memoir, that was a huge just a hugely freeing emotionally, a freedom emotionally that came with that to have it out in the world. And so I want that for other people. I want that emotional playground because I think sometimes, and I go to therapy, I'm a huge proponent of therapy, but sometimes spoken word and therapy isn't enough. Sometimes there's just that, that kind of when you immerse yourself in an activity, a creative outlet, and the emotional outpouring that goes into just writing and getting words onto a page and that storytelling, that is so healing, that process. It's an emotional playground. I mean, and I want that for every adoptee. Like, I'm just, you know, we're we're not therapists, (laughs) so it's not taking the place of therapy. It's not meant to be therapy, and yet it is, like, what we've already seen, it, there's a piece of it that something feels therapeutic. It feels so healing. That makes me happy. And I agree. I mean, I'm feeling like there's ways of facilitators. It's a different, it's different, but yet it's also healing. Like it's just, it's also very healing for us too. It's a really rich, um, rich thing going. And I'm, I'm honored you're, you said yes again. And that Allison Ridgehouse said yes too. And, and that the people who, signed up said yes just yeah it's a real real joy yeah it is and and that's a very good word therapeutic we're not yeah we're not therapists but somehow it is a very therapeutic experience for everyone so I thank you so much for this time in conversation and I think I think we can end here 
I really appreciate Sarah taking the time to give us a peek inside of how she birthed the Adoptee Voices Writers Group. She recognized that we adoptees always need a safe space to write and share what's inside of us. I'm particularly moved by her ability to write and publish her book, Searching for Mom, without being connected to the adoption community. That must have been quite challenging, yet she accomplished that goal, which is proof that others can too. We both agree that if we did it, so can you. You can connect with Sarah via her website, sarahesterly.com, S-A-R-A-E-A-S-T-E-R-L-Y.com. If you seek to be an ally of the adoption community, I hope you will consider making a donation to keep the show going at patreon.com forward slash land. Your contribution allows me to present a weekly episode free of advertisement and is greatly appreciated to add a valuable resource to the adoption community. If you would like to share your adoption journey in an audio drama, please visit jenniferdianeghoston.com or onceuponatimeinadopteeland.com. Thank you so much for being here and be sure and follow me on Instagram at onceuponatimeinadopteeland.